Praise the Lord, everybody. This is Brother J.W. Brand here at God's Whole Word, and it is good to be with y'all here on this Friday afternoon. And it's uh, a little bit later than the afternoon, but uh, uh, we've had a few little uh, hiccups along the way. We've had our internet uh, stop for a bit, and uh, just one thing and another. But we are back on track today. Praise the Lord. So it is good to be with y'all. And so we're just going to get right back where we left off. And uh, so we will do as we always do on this podcast, and we will go to the Lord in prayer. We need God's guidance. We need his help. We need the Lord to lead us and guide us in all that we do, and especially uh, not only our lives uh, per se each and every day, but when we get up in the word, we need that Holy Ghost power to guide us and lead us. Amen. And so let's take ourselves and bow before the Father, and uh, we will move right along into the word of God. Dear Lord, we thank you for your precious word. We thank you for that Holy Ghost power that guides us and leads us along the way. I'm glad today, Lord, that we can look into your word and we can be assured that, God, you've given us a road map. You have given us something to look at and to guide us along the way, no matter what the naysayers have to say about it, Lord, we know you have preserved your word. And may you be true in every man a liar. But you, Lord, your word stands, and we thank you, and we believe in it. And so, Lord, we need that Holy Ghost power to guide us today. May you, Lord, guide my lips to speak. Move me out of the way that the Holy Ghost might speak. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. And you know the word amen means it is so. Hallelujah. <coughs> Excuse me. Y'all know every now and then I got a little cough uh, every time I get on this podcast. But anyway, let's move right along. So we have been in Proverbs chapter 6, verses 16 through 19, and we have been talking about those things that God hates. And a lot of people want to say, God don't hate nothing. Well, I got news for you. The Bible tells us in no certain terms over and over and over again that God does hate some things. And so we've got to look at those things because we do not want to walk in the path of the things that God hates. And so we're going to kind of uh, recap today. Uh, we've been out of the way, like I said, for a few uh, days along the way, but um, we're going to get right back into this. But we're going to recap some things that we've been looking at. Now, if we go to Proverbs chapter 6, and we read from 16 through 19, it says, These six things that the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination unto him. A proud look, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, and heart that deviseth wicked imaginations, feet that be swift into running to mischief, a false witness that speaks lies, and he that soweth discord among the brethren. And we have endeavored to go through each and every one of these things and just uh, do what the Lord uh, tells us, instructs us to do, to rightly divide the word. We've got to get up in there and divide this up and look at it and uh, piece by piece. And so we may take it apart. And that's what 
God's whole word is about this podcast. We are going to go into all of the counsel of God's word. We don't want to leave anything out, but we want to step uh, through this uh, very carefully and allow the Holy Ghost to speak to us. And so the first thing that we looked at a few weeks ago as we began to trek down this road of looking at the seven things that God hates, uh, we began to look at the proud look. And so as we recap, uh, Proverbs uh, 8 and verse 13 If you have your Bibles with you when you finally uh, come together to uh, listen to this podcast, each and every one of you that listen, you know that we uh, pre-tape these and then they are downloaded and you're able to listen to them at your leisure uh, when you have uh, the time to do so. But I uh, am hoping that even if you don't listen to this podcast, even if you don't listen to this preacher, that you will find somebody that you are going to allow to feed your soul each and every uh, uh, week uh, that comes about. The Bible says not to forsake the assuming of the cells together, such as the manner of some is. There are some that are not going to do that, but we've got to get together. We've got to hear the word of God, and we've got to let the word of God Uh, feed us that we may be strong. Jesus said, as he spoke to the devil, he said, man shall not live by bread alone. Now that ain't talking about the the male versus the female. No, that word man was translated from the Aramaic Greek into the word human being. And Jesus said every human being. That don't leave nobody out when he tell, told the devil, he said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And when Jesus said every word, God meant every word that proceeds out of his mouth. We are to look at it and we are to allow it to be what comes down in our soul and guides us and leads us on the way. We ain't got no business trying to lead our own selves. We've got to take the word of God and let it get down in our soul and feed us and let us grow and be what God wants us to be. You see, God, he's got a plan for each and every one of us, don't you know? You see, the Lord loves us. The Lord created each and every one of us. He wanted us to be born that we might come to know him and to know his plan for our lives. You see, God is a loving God. God is a merciful God. God is a kind God. God is a good God. But I'm going to tell you what, above all things, God is a holy God. The Bible tells us that he is a holy God and that he calls us to walk in the same manner, that he calls us to be holy. He said, be ye holy, for I am holy. Amen. And so we've got to look into the word of God and find out what that means. So we've been looking at the things that God hates in order to direct us in the path of holiness that we might walk therein. And so uh, Proverbs chapter 8 and verse 13, it says, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Now that's an interesting statement. To fear the Lord is to hate evil. In other words, If you don't hate evil, you ain't got no fear of God in you. You better watch out. You say, I don't like the way you talk sometimes, preacher man. Well, I got news for you. The Bible is very straightforward and to the point, and the Bible tells us to fear the Lord is to hate evil. If you're going to fear God, I'll tell you what it better translate, that you fear him in such a way that you will turn and you will hate evil. 
You will not allow it to rule and reign over you, but you will look at God's word with fear in your heart as God says. You see, the Bible says that the beginning of wisdom is fear, the fear of the Lord. In other words, we don't get smart until we start having a fear of God in our lives. We've got to fear the Almighty that created us because His way is right. And so it says the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. And then it goes on to say, Pride and arrogancy and the evil way and the forward mouth do I hate. Did you hear that? That's what God said. He said, I hate pride. I hate arrogancy. I hate the evil way and I hate a forward mouth. And so we want to look at that for a minute. And so let's start with pride. Let's start with this word pride. Now, the word pride here is translated, uh, uh, the best English word that we had at the time that uh, uh, y'all all know that I use the King James Version. Now, I know there's other versions out there. I get all that. Uh, and you've got to be careful what versions you listen to because there are some out there that are going to steer you away from what the truth is. I would say, and I've said it once and I'll say it again, uh, anybody who has got a mind to think that the living Bible is a good version. I'm going to steer you away from that because it is not. I would stay clear of the living Bible version. But there are others besides King James Version. There's some others out there that can do justice to God's Word. But there are some that as of late that have been translated. You've got to be very careful uh, about uh, the things that they are translating. You've got to uh, find yourself some concordances Find yourself some good concordances uh, and uh, look those words up. Look up the meaning of those words. But in any event, the best word that uh, was translated uh, in the way that we speak in English was pride. But that word pride, it comes from a Hebrew word. And uh, we want to look at some of these things that, uh, uh, that uh, each of those words that are put there. Now that Hebrew word, it is spelt G-E-A and it's pronounced Gia. Gia, the word pride, that Hebrew word. Gia. And it comes from the Hebrew word Gea. The word Gia comes from the word Gea. And it is translated as best can be pride. And what it means to uh, do is to rise oneself up above others. To rise oneself up above others as to triumph over them in order to conquer them. In order to conquer them. Amen. Now, that does not mean that uh, we don't, you know, not have order. Uh, we certainly have order. You know, we've got even our own government. It's set up with some order. Uh, you know, you've got the president and then you've got the Congress and the Senate and all these things work together for checks and balances and, and that type of thing. So we've got to have order. And that's not uh, what this is referring to, but it is referring to such a way that people rise themselves up to the point that they are going to conquer what they have come to rise themselves above. And so we've got to look at that and be mindful of that and careful of that, even in our own lives as a Christian, uh, especially ministers of the gospel. We've got to be very careful because uh, the Word of God gives us instruction to be careful of those things because uh, as we uh, guide the church along, we've got to be careful how we guide it. We cannot guide it with a, an arrogant way or a prideful way. 
But we've got to stay in the word. And so it means to rise up uh, above others in order to conquer them. Now, the other thing that when we look at this uh, verse that we've been looking at, uh, Proverbs 13, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil, uh, pride and arrogancy, the evil way, and a forward mouth does the Lord hate. So uh, the next word we want to look at is, is arrogancy, because that is part of this verse. So the word arrogancy, it comes from the Hebrew word geon, geon, and it's spelled G-A-O-N. And what it means is your way of doing things or saying things that is somehow better in the person's eyes, the, the uh, human being's eyes, that somehow your way is better than what God's word instructs us to say or do. In other words, our way has become superior to God's way, or our words have become superior to what God's words says. And you find this, unfortunately, uh, a very prominent way of being in people's demeanor and in their ways today. When you bring up the word of God, many people will say those very things, and they will point out and try to uh, demean uh, the word of God and try to devalue the word of God. And uh, this is uh, meaning that they have done exactly this this there is an arrogant way about them that their way or their thought or their ideas or ideologies have become more superior than what God's word has said but God says I hate this you see and uh, we here at uh, God's whole word this podcast as well as our ministry, uh, the eunuch preacher, uh, that you can, uh, you know, uh, find this. You can Google it, and you can um, uh, watch all of those that have been the different ones that have been downloaded, our podcasts that have been downloaded, as well as our services that have been downloaded. Uh, we uh, really desire for God's word to be the center of what we are trying to talk about and present to people. We don't want it to be that we present our own words or our own thoughts or our own actions. Whatever it is that any ministry does, we've got to be mindful to be in the Word of God. And uh, so, uh, but what happens is this word arrogancy, God is saying, look, this is what becomes uh, of those that allow the spirit of pride to get a hold of them, that arrogancy comes and they become uh, in their own eyes more superior in their thoughts and ways. Uh, when you point out, well, God's word says this. Well, they'll say, oh, well, you know, that was written by man. Uh, you know, we found that, uh, uh, you know, uh, that doesn't meet up to our way of living nowadays. I got news for you. Hello? I got a news flash for you. Because in the book of Peter, we find that the Bible says that God gives us everything uh, for life and godliness. God don't leave nothing out. But you know the reason why people think that God don't give us everything for life and godliness in the word is because they've got a mind to sit down and study the word of God and to listen to it. And so uh, we here at this ministry, whether it be our podcast or the eunuch preacher ministries, we believe emphatically that God has provided us everything for life and godliness. God has given us a roadmap, and that is the inerrant word of God. We believe that. And uh, so, uh, you know, there's a lot of folks that want to allow their words and their ideas and their ideologies to trump over the word of God. 
And uh, so when we begin to look at this, we begin to look at this word pride. Now we're recapping. And so this might take a little bit for us to get through this, but we're recapping. Uh, we haven't been uh, here with you for a bit, but we're recapping. So Proverbs 16 and verse 18. I would like you uh, to go there, if you will, uh, with your word. And uh, chapter 16 of book of Proverbs and verse 18. The word of God says this, Pride goeth before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. I'm going to say it again. Pride goeth before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall. Now, this is a very uh, interesting verse as well as a very telling verse. You say, well, what do you mean? Well, this is telling you something about the spirit realm. It is telling you something very specific about the spirit realm. It's a problem where we start with pride in our lives and we will not repent of that sin because it is something that God hates. It is a sin to allow pride to rule and reign over us. But what this verse is telling us is that where pride is, destruction is going to come. There's no two ways about it. If you continue to walk through a life of pride, a spirit of pride that is in your own spirit, you see, we're, the Bible tells us we are body, soul, and spirit. Did you know that? We are body, soul, and spirit. The Word of God tells us that. And if we allow pride to permeate with inside of us, that it becomes so innate in us and such a part of us, it becomes literally almost driven into and written into our spirit, our own spirit. But there's a problem with that because the Bible tells us here in verse 18, pride goeth before destruction. So it's telling you, look, it's going to start with pride. And if you don't let go of that pride, what's going to happen is, God is going to eventually lift his hand up and the spirit, the wicked spirit, is going to come and begin to destroy step by step. And uh, then it says what happens is it moves from that to the haughty spirit. Now when you look this verse up and you study out the haughty spirit, this is literally a demonic Power, and God's word is calling it a haughty spirit. Your spirit or my spirit, if we allow pride to get a hold of us within our own spirit, and it becomes so much a part of our life that it exudes from us that even when a person first meets you, they are able to identify that person's a prideful person. But what happens is the devil, now he can't be everywhere all the time. The Bible tells us he's, he's not omnipresent like God. Oh, God said you can go to the lower of lows and you can go to the higher heights. And no matter where you go, left or right, north, south, east or west, God is there. You can't get away from God. Oh, no, you cannot. God sees everything. God knows everything. He knows every thought that we think God does. And so we will never be able to stand before God and say, oh God, it wasn't that way. No, no, you see, that's not the way it's going to be, my friend, because we cannot get away 
from the all-seeing eye of God. Amen. And so the word of God tells us that as we continue in this spirit of pride, if we do not allow it uh, to uh, be removed by that heart of repentance that we should have and repent of pride, that it will lead to destruction. But there comes the haughty spirit. And so pride will come, destruction will begin, and here comes that haughty spirit spirit and what that haughty spirit will do will do everything it can to cause you and I to fall to absolutely cause us to fall I don't mean to fall down and skin your knee it means to fall away completely from the almighty now when we look at the word haughty that word haughty it is something very similar to the word pride. It is very similar to the word arrogance. Because Satan, all of those angels that fail with him, he has placed them all in order. There are some demons that are more powerful than others. Now, the word demon is actually not in the scripture, but it does talk about uh, demonic power. But um, nevertheless, it's an evil spirit. And Satan... It says that he does what? He seeks whom he may devour. You know what the word devour means? It means to eat us up. To literally rip us apart and eat us alive. This is what Satan wants to do. And so, as we move along and we look at this pride thing, We've got to be mindful. Where is our thoughts going? Where does our heart stand with God? Do we allow God to rule and reign in our lives? Do we allow God a place in our heart that says, He's the one that rules my heart. He's the one that rules the kingdom of my soul. I do not rule any longer. My flesh no longer rules, but I allow the Holy Ghost to rule in my life. Do we say that? Or is it such that our flesh rules? Because if that's true, the devil's not stupid. And he will watch or he will send any demonic power, evil spirit that is, to watch and to search and to seek. Because the Bible says he seeks those whom he may devour. Now I want to remind you of something. I don't know if any of you out there have ever watched uh, nature channels, you know, and uh, I, I've i liked to watch them from time to time. Uh, but sometimes there's there's some uh, parts of it that it really bothers me, and I sometimes end up turning it off because it's gotten so graphic. But uh, you know, sometimes I've seen some where they're in the African safari and they've got their cameras out and they're really uh, watching from afar, and they are able to take snapshots or even film uh, nature. Uh, in all of its glory and all of the things that it does. And one thing that you find uh, with like the lions, uh, in particular tigers and lions and, and things like that, you see the Bible says the devil, he goes about seeking whom he may devour. And whom he is looking for are those that are weak in their spirit. 
You say, what do you mean, weak in their spirit? I mean weak in their spirit when it comes to God. Which direction have they gone? Is their flesh stronger than the Spirit of God? Has the Holy Ghost risen up in their soul and become uh, something that is greater and more powerful than their own spirit within them? Does the Lord rule and reign? Is your body full of the Holy Ghost? Because if your body is full of the Holy Ghost, then the Holy Ghost will lead and the Holy Ghost will guide and the Holy Ghost will direct. And the Holy Ghost will lead you away from those things that the devil wants to trap you in with. But if we are not full of the Holy Ghost, and slowly but surely we fall into the trap of pride and arrogancy, one thing leads to another, and here comes that haughty spirit. And that haughty spirit has got a mind to take you and I down. Because it says, Pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before that fall. But that fall will come if we do not repent of our pride. If we do not, if we refuse to repent of our pride, that haughty spirit will come. And it will be about its business of its own daddy. Have you ever heard, and you know this podcast because of where it's placed, uh, it is geared towards those that study the Word of God. It is geared towards those uh, who are basically going to want to be searching out the Word of God and so on and so forth. But I am fully aware that there are people uh, that search out podcasts such as this uh, that really do not have a mind to serve God. There are many, many people that search out podcasts in order to really take apart what's being said. There are people that, there are atheists, there are agnostics, there are people that have rebelled against God and stood against the way of truth that literally will get on certain podcasts just to leave messages and comments that stand against the way of God. Do you not know that that alone is a prideful way? You say, well, what if they're wrong? Well, are they in the word of God? Are they guiding you in the way of truth? You know, the Bible says, thy word is truth. That's what one prophet said of God's word. He said, thy word is truth. And so uh, if a, a preacher, a minister of the word of God comes to you and is talking to you about what God's word says and you decide to defy God, I will warn you now that's not wise. I will warn you now that it's not wise because one of these days we're all going to meet our maker. We are not going to miss that appointment with God. And so it is very uh, important that ministers of the gospel teach each and every thing that God's word has to say about those things that God says to remove from our lives, to repent of, to come away from. And one of the greatest things that we find in the word of God is this thing of pride and arrogancy. You say, why? Well, because... 
This is the very thing uh, that you find that happened with Satan. You see, Satan was actually the most beautiful angel in heaven. You can study this out. You can find it. He was a minister of music in heaven. And there came a place in time because of his beauty, because of the glory that God gave him, he rised, uh, decided to rise himself up above God. Pride got a hold of him. And God kicked him out. And when he was kicked out of heaven, when he was removed from the position that he had, the glory that he had, he took a third of the angels with him. And these are those wicked spirits that we deal with. They are real, they are powerful, and they have uh, every ability to destroy every human being. But the only thing that you and I can do is to turn to God and to lean on God and to call on God and to ask God to guide us and protect us and lead us each and every day. But I've got something to tell you. There are people out there in this world, and I have met them, I have spoken to them many years. I have seen people over time that literally think that just because they pray, that everything is all right between them and God. But the Bible tells us that if we do not repent, if we refuse to repent, God does not listen to us. Now, that's not my words. That's God's words. He said he closes his ears to those that will not turn and repent and walk with him. Amen. We've got to walk in God's way. And God gives us direction. Now, as we continue on, we're looking at Proverbs 16 and 18. Pride goeth before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. You say, what if I've gone so far? What if I've allowed myself to get so far? Listen, what I was trying to say to you about that nature show, I've seen lions, and what they do is they look for the ones that are straggling behind. They look for the ones that are not keeping up with the herd. They look for the ones that have fallen behind. And that's the ones that the lions go after, the tigers go after. Satan is no different. He looks for those who have been weakened by their own pride by their own pride by their own arrogancy by their own sin because that's what sin does to us it destroys us sin will destroy us but jesus christ comes the bible says to deliver us from our sins do you know there's preachers out there that give people the impression that god saves us in our sin no he does not that is a false teaching the Bible says that the Lord comes to save us from our sin, not in our sin. God wants to remove us from our sin, not in our sin. Amen. Now, we've got to come humbly before God. We've got to come and, and literally allow ourselves to bow before Him and to repent and turn to the living God. And God can take us and protect us 
and keep us in his care. That's what the Lord wants to do. That's what he wants us to do. But if we've got pride in our soul, we've got pride in our spirit, what we've done is we've aligned ourselves up with the very thing that got Satan kicked out of heaven. It's the very thing that got Satan removed from the position that he had. And so this is why God hates pride so much. And it is why that the word of God speaks about it so much. And it is why God says that he hates it. Because Satan is out to make sure that we are destroyed. That's his uh, modus operandi, if you will. That's his plan. The Bible says that he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And he is about that business every single day. He's never off the job. Now, I'll remind you, Jesus told some in the scripture uh, in his day as he was walking, he literally told them, he said, your father's the devil. You see, if we're not walking with the Lord as he calls us to walk, you've got to walk in the light that Jesus is in. You can't walk in the light you choose to be in. You have to walk in the light that he is in. Not that you choose, not that I choose, but the light that he walks in. You say, well, how do I know how Jesus walks? He's not on the earth anymore. Oh, but he's walking in the pages of the scripture. And do you know that Jesus said the volume of the book spoke of him? You know what Jesus was talking about? He means all the way from the front of the book to the back of the book. All the volume of the book. When Jesus spoke those words, the New Testament hadn't even been written yet. Now, the Lord certainly knew it would be. But that means that Jesus was letting us know since he spoke it before the New Testament was even written, he's letting us know in no uncertain terms by speaking to the devil himself that by every word man shall live that comes out of the mouth of God. We can't look at the Old Testament and say, oh, that's not for us. Oh, we don't need that over there. Oh, no, we got new light over here. No, you ain't got new light. No such thing. That's not new light. God have given us progressive light. That's certainly true. Because Abraham, when he left from where he was, when God called him, he didn't know where he was going. All he knew was he was going towards a city made with not hands of man, but of God. But he didn't even know. He didn't have the vision and understanding of heaven that the church of the living God has now because as time moved on and then God began to speak through prophets, there was more and more light that began to come. But you will never have new light. You can't crawl out of the word of God and say, well, I've got a new word over here. No, you don't. Oh, no, you don't. You've got to stay in the word. Why do you think Satan's attacking the word? Why do you think Satan is going about using people to try to uh, tell people and, and, and try to encourage people and say, oh, that was just written by man? Hmm? That's what they say. But I've got news for you. This Bible, yes, God used human beings. God used men to write. But it says they were moved on by the Holy Ghost. Have you ever studied that out, what that means? They literally could not move from what God was saying to write. Now God wrote within the context of their lives and what they were dealing with and all of those things come into play. That does not remove the truth of God's word. But you've got people out there that are going to play around. And they're going to play around with your soul. 
because you're going to listen to them. And you know why? Because you got so prideful, you wouldn't listen to the word of God. You say, well, why are you talking to me like that? I mean, we're on a podcast and I've, I've clicked on here because I want to hear a word of truth. Well, let me ask you something. Do you not know that in the book of Timothy uh, that the Apostle Paul warned the church of the living God through those letters that there were going to be those who come with false doctrine? They were going to come. And they were going to literally teach people things that were not true. And so, uh, if you think for one second that you can stand there and you can just ignore God's word and that you don't have to look into the details of God's word and that you can't be warned to go back to what God said, then you've made yourself a fool before God. Because we have to go back to what the word says. We've got to earnestly contend for the faith that was first delivered to the saints. Do you know what that word first means? It means once and for all. Look it up. That's what it means. It was delivered once and for all. Nobody has any business going around changing the message of God. But do you know how many churches time and again over and over have changed the message that was first delivered to the saints? So who's the prideful one now? We all going to meet God. And every one of us are going to give an account for what we've done with the word of God. Amen. Now, let's move on. All right, so that haughty spirit, that word haughty, it comes from the Hebrew word goba. Goba. And that word means to soar to great heights above God's holy word. To soar above great heights above God's holy word. This haughty spirit, because it says it's a spirit. You see, God's word, it tells us what we need to know. It's a literal spirit, and it's a haughty one. It comes, and it searches out whom it may devour. And when you've allowed yourself to keep on and on and on and on with pride, and you don't let go, here comes that haughty spirit. It's going to come. And it rises itself up above God's holy word. This holy, uh, haughty spirit, it rises itself above God's holy word and it comes to a person because they have continued to walk in pride in a prideful manner with their words and their actions that are totally contrary to what God's word says. That is totally contrary to what God's word says. Now, if you look in the Word of God and you see something that you don't like, or I look in the Word of God and I see, you know, I see certain things in the Word of God that make me uncomfortable. And I think to myself, Lord, help me because I need you to correct me. I need you to guide me. You say, well, well why worry about it? Because the Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the Bible says also that the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. I can't love evil and then say, I have fear of God in me. That's a lie from Satan. Satan wants us to believe lies. And so this haughty spirit, it will stand against the ways of the living God. All right, so, so much of talking about uh, and recapping uh, the uh, spirit of pride, the behavior, uh, that haughty spirit and all those things. Uh, that was... Um, Something that we studied for several weeks, a proud look. 
and we took that apart. And so I just wanted to recap that as best as I can. I know it's been a bit long, uh, but I uh, wanted to recap that. And the, uh, the next uh, thing that we find here as we recap what we have been looking at, the next thing was a lying tongue. A lying tongue. Amen. And so, let's recap the lying tongue. First of all, those that tell lies, it becomes a part of their speech to others. Now, we talked about that uh, as we uh, endeavored to move into the second portion of this verse uh, and we started talking about uh, the lying tongue and what all that meant. And we spent several weeks talking about that. We're just going to recap it. But uh, if, if any of you have listened to that, you remember that uh, somebody... Listen now. We've all told a lie now and then. I don't think that there's a personal lie that hasn't told a lie from time to time. But we cannot continue in that behavior. And... The Bible tells us in no uncertain terms in Revelation 21 and 8 that all liars, all liars, it leaves nobody out, all liars have their part in the lake of fire. Now, I'm going to read it because some people say, you made comments, well, you know, you say things and then you don't go to the verse. Well, I'm going to go to the verse and I'm going to read it. All right, so Revelation chapter 21 and verse 8, it says, but the fearful... Now, that don't mean they fear the Lord. Oh, no. They're too fearful to walk with God and to serve God with all their heart. The fearful and the unbelieving, they will not believe God's word. They will not believe God's truth. The fearful and the unbelieving and the abominable, those that commit abomination, and God has made it clear. Amen. Now, we've talked about that in depth on this podcast. I talk about it. Uh, I have talked about it in depth uh, on our ministry, uh, The Eunuch Preacher. Uh, you know, there are some people that like to uh, act like that uh, the word abomination don't mean anything nowadays, but it sure enough do. Now, if you look and you study, there's approximately four to five verse uh, words that translate in our English language that comes from the Hebrew uh, that uh, it's as best as can be translated abomination in our English language. But these are four to five different Hebrew words that is being translated in this manner. And some were literally relating only to the Jews themselves. Only to the Jews themselves. But there are two particular ones that do not do that. Uh, and uh, one of those words, abomination, is translated from a Hebrew word, and in our English it, it, it literally translates the word abomination, it's found in Leviticus 18, and I believe it's 22, when it talks about man shall not lie with mankind as with womankind. And we've talked about that uh, in depth. And uh, uh, many of you know the, the uh, uh, things that God has called us to. We've talked about some of those things. And we've got to be obedient to that word. We've got to be obedient to that. Those of us that have come out from the gay agenda, those of us that have uh, walked in a different way at one time and not listening to God and not following his way, we've got to understand that God says in his word that a man shall not lie with mankind. That word man is actually translated uh, from a Hebrew word. It's translated male. It's not translated human being. It's actually translated male. And it says man shall not lie with mankind. A male shall not lie with a male as with womankind. 
And there is something very specific about that verse, and God means what he says. And you've got to be obedient, because if you do not obey that, then what you've done is you've committed abomination. That word abomination translated means something God hates. Means something God hates. He will always hate it. It is not the same word that's translated abomination in our English language that simply meant something that was only relating to the Jews. This is why it's important to study the word of God. This is the reason why it's important to divide up the word of God. And so uh, that verse uses that particular word, this translated abomination, means God hates this. It is not, and it also says that it makes God sick to his stomach. Now, God don't literally have a stomach. He's a spirit. Uh, but God gives us understanding in parables that we can understand. Have you ever seen something that literally almost turns your stomach? You, and I don't mean something that maybe you ate. I mean, I have actually seen uh, a couple of really bloody things, literally right in front of my eyes. And it made my stomach turn. I wanted to throw up the moment I saw it. There are things that I've seen where uh, people have become seriously hurt. And even myself. And I had become uh, seriously hurt. When, well, I say serious, not really serious. But it was serious enough I had to go get stitches one time. And my hand was bleeding so bad. And I wrapped my hand up and I had somebody take me to the hospital. But I was ready to pass out. Uh, I've worked at the turkey plant. I've told uh, some of y'all that, uh, well, on this podcast. And uh, I had accidentally stabbed myself. And by the time I got to the nurse, I passed out. Because, um, it, you know, uh, the visualization of some things can make us sick to our stomach. So God, uh, in his word, he gives us words to understand that relate to us as a human being so that we understand what God is trying to say to us. And so when God says man shall not lie with mankind as with womankind, this is something very specific that God is talking about and you better get it and you better obey it. You've got to obey it. Because God is not playing. When God says he hates something, he means he hates it. Now, I, as I've said before, we go, uh, we've gone into depth. I am uh, writing some pamphlets. We're going to be putting that into a book, and we're going to be talking about some of those things at greater length so that people do not misunderstand. But there's also another verse, and I know there's a lot of folks who are not going to like what I'm getting ready to say. But in Deuteronomy 22 and verse 5, it says that man shall not wear that which pertaineth to a woman, and a woman shall not wear that which pertaineth to a man. And when you look at that, he uses that same exact word, the exact Hebrew word that is used in 1822, talking about that God means the same thing with that. He says, I hate it. It makes me sick to my stomach. And God means that. Now, you've got people that will run around and they will talk about, oh, well, they used to wear robes and they did this and that. All trying to distract from what God said because they don't want to obey it. But I can guarantee you if you study it out, you will find out there was a very distinct difference, a very distinct difference between what the men wore and what the women wore. And every generation that has come, God has allowed there to be a very distinct difference that is set up even in the public eye that even the public knows themselves. 
a distinct difference. Now, some cultures are a little bit different. We've got the American culture. There's the culture in the uh, uh, Indian nation of India. Their culture is a little bit different. But you find in all of these cultures, there are some things that are very distinctly different between what the man wears and what the woman wears. And you've got people that have absolutely gotten to the point to where they refuse to listen to that because they believe and have been told by what? A lion preacher. Did you hear what I said? They have been told by a lying preacher. We don't need to listen to that anymore. That's in the Old Testament. That's not what the Bible says. Jesus said and told the devil, and the devil knows this. He knows it. He said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And so we're either going to listen to what Jesus said or we not. And so that is something that God says here. He says in the book of Revelation in verse 8, he said, but the fearful and the unbelieving and the abominable, you're going to keep committing an abomination? Go right ahead. And when you meet God, you're going to find out that if you've listened to this preacher, if you have been under the voice of any preacher that have tried to tell you, you need to turn around. You need to repent of that and turn around and go back the other way. You are going to stand before God and God is going to call this out to you that you have heard and you have known what the truth of God said. But he says, but the fearful and the unbelieving and the abominable and the murderers. Now, I am going to point this out. That which we've been studying in chapter 6, verses 16 through 19, the Bible calls them abomination. A lying tongue is an abomination. Amen. A proud look and everything that in, involves pride, it's an abomination. And that which we began to study, that we've started on for the third portion of it, which is, uh, you know, God hates... Uh, the shedding of innocent blood. But you have got to understand, God means business about this. He's mentioned this in the book of Revelation, which is the last book that has been placed in the canon of the scripture. So the fearful, the unbelieving, the abominable, the murderers. You know what a murderer is? It's those that shed innocent blood. Amen. Innocent blood. And that's something that God hates. And we'll talk about that as we close. And the other thing is whoremongers. You know what a whoremonger is? It's a male prostitute. That's exactly what that translates to. A whoremonger is a male prostitute. And, and there are uh, many of them out there. Some of them, you know, they call gigolos. Have you ever heard the word gigolo? No! You're not a gigolo. You're a whoremonger according to the word of God. That's what it says. You say, well, I'm not. Pastor, brother, preacher, I'm not no whoremonger. I'm, I'm listening to the word of God. I just came on this podcast just to hear the word of God. Well, then I guess you're going to get the word of God down in you and you're going to know what the truth is so you can go tell somebody else. Because if they try to tell you, oh, no, I, 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 I'm not one of them. I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I, I got a fancy name. I'm a gigolo. No, you're a whore. You're a male whore. And God requires us to repent. You say, how dare you talk to us like that? You know why I can talk to you like that? I have said to you before on this podcast, I know what it's like to be a male whore. I've been there, done that. You understand? Oh, yes, sir. 
And the Bible tells us that in the New Testament church, there were those, such were some of you. I thank God for his mercy. I thank God that the Lord had patience and temperance and long-suffering. And he can do the same for you. He can do the same for anybody. Amen. Anybody that uh, uh, all that pornography that people download on the phone, do you know any, any of it? I don't care if they're male or female, but this is talking about the male right now. Anybody, I don't care if you're heterosexual, I don't care if you're homosexual, I don't care if you're bisexual, upsexual, downsexual, insexual, outsexual. I don't care what sexual you call yourself. It don't make no difference. But the Bible said the whoremonger. Don't sit there and think you got everything all right just because you ain't no woman. No, the male whoremonger, the male whore, the Bible says you're going to have your part in the lake of fire. I didn't say it, God did. You say, why dare talk like this? I talk like this because you need a warning. And you know what the Bible tells me in Ezekiel chapter 3 and chapter 4? It tells that we've got to warn them. We've got to warn them. And we've got a responsibility. And, and, and if we don't do that, what God has called us to do, your blood is going to be on my hands. So whoever listen, I don't want your blood on my hands. Because God has called me to do this. God has called me to talk to people and tell people, look, I, I'm going to say this too. Houston, there's a lot of whoremongers out there in Houston. Oh, yes, sir. Any of that pornography that you download on your phone and your computer, every last one of them men, they're a whoremonger. And God needs them to repent in order for God to hear their prayer, uh, uh, any prayer. Don't sit there and tell me you're going to keep on being a whoremonger and think you're going to pray to God. No, you're not because God's not going to hear you. You might pray to him, but he ain't going to listen to you. That ain't my words. That's the word of God. The word of God tells us that. God closes his ears to those that refuse to repent. And so uh, God says here in, in, in Revelation uh, 21, chapter 21, read it for yourself, verse 8, the fearful, the unbelieving, the abominable, the murderers, and the whoremongers. I'm going to go back to murder for a minute. And I know some people ain't going to like this neither. Do you know that an innocent child in the womb of a mother don't sit there and use no excuse and talk to God and say, well, the Lord would uh, certainly be all right because I'm just too young or I've got, I've got this career to do or whatever. Whatever the excuse is. But I know for a fact and I have watched it. I have paid attention to it for years and years and years. The agenda that goes behind abortions. Amen. And what they do is they will prop up people that have been molested. That's already one sin. That's already one thing that's done. And they want to use that as an excuse to murder a baby in the womb. And then they will go so far as to say it ain't no baby. Well, tell me, then why is it that you want to take it out? If you don't think that it's not going to become a baby a human being that you're going to be responsible for or somebody else be responsible for, tell me why you want to remove it then. You want to remove it because you know it's a human being. You know full well it's going to become a full-fledged human being. And every last one of us, we started at conception. There's not a one of us that did not start at conception. Every last one of us did. Amen. 
And that, that life, if you don't want to call it a baby, you're going to tell me that it ain't life? You know it's life. You full well know it's life. And what you do is you manipulate. See, that's the devil. The devil uses manipulation and tries to do exactly what God says to do. They do the opposite. Remember, we talked about that a while ago. That whatever, that spirit of haughtiness, that, that, that prideful way, it will say, no, I'm going to stand above what God's word says. Hmm? Do you know whenever uh, Jeremiah was being called of God? God said, I knew you. I knew you. As you formed in the womb, he said he knew him. It's no different for you and I. God knows us when we're formed in the womb. Amen. And people have gotten to the point to where they want to believe the other side of the issue rather than God's word. It has become a thing that rises themselves and their spirit up before the Almighty and what He says about life. Amen. Because their word is more knowledgeable. Their way is more knowledgeable. You and I have no business messing with life. Not one bit. But the devil has confused people and got them literally to believe those things. That it's okay. Do you know there are people in this world that have more of an idea of protecting animals than they do human life in the womb? And that is a fact. It is not something just said to say. It is an absolute fact. It can be proven over and over and over. And when the law got reversed, look how many people were absolutely bent out of shape. All because something has come about in order to protect an innocent life. An innocent life. And that is what murder is. Now, we certainly are going to talk more about that next week because we have just begun to talk about hands that shed innocent blood. There are uh, those groups, uh, parent, uh, Planned Parenthood. Hmm? They're a tool of the enemy. Planned Parenthood is a tool of the enemy, and what they want to do is they want to go around saying, oh, no, we do so many other things. No, you don't. You're primary, you, know, you do other things, but your primary move, I know I studied you out. And your primary move is abortion, and you know it. You know that. But what the public sees is something totally different. Oh, yes. Amen. But you know what? If people would study and look, they would find out the truth. And the Bible says, the truth shall set you free. Amen. And the innocent child has got to be set free. Now, we're not just talking about a baby in the womb. Oh, no. What about when they come out of the womb? You know how many times that I have seen parents, I'm talking about the natural parents. Hmm? You know the Bible says that there will come a day when people would have a natural affection. 
Now, a lot of people have misinterpreted that. They've changed it over and twisted it to say, oh, that's talking about uh, sex, sexual misconduct. It has nothing to do with sexual misconduct whatsoever. All you got to do is look it up. It's talking about having a feeling against your own kinsman that is evil and wicked and ungodly. Amen. Wanting to destroy them. And I have seen time and again over these last few months, it is so upsetting to see parents, literal parents, that have birthed these children or fathered these children that killed their own children. Where is that natural affection? Where did it go? Where is it that you have a feeling inside of you that you look at your own child and you look at the eyes of that child, you see that child, and yet you go after them and you destroy them? It's an unnatural affection. This is true. And God says he hates the shedding of innocent blood. And I want to warn you, God is saying you're going to, every one of us is going to give an account. We are going to give an account. And a murder is a murder. Whether it be your own child, through in the womb or out of the womb. Either way, it's murder. Now, there are those that will make excuses for taking that child's life in that womb. They will make excuses. But if you look at the majority, and I mean the majority of abortions, the majority of abortions are not because a child was raped. It is not because a child was molested. It is not because a woman was raped. No, the majority of abortions do not fit that category. And you've been lied to. And you believe that because it keeps being told. Oh, well, if we can't do this, what about this child? And what about that woman? And what about this? And what about that? Hmm? Why is it that one sin deserves to commit another sin that God actually says he hates? Now, God don't like rape neither. But God don't like murder. You say, well, I don't like the way you're preaching. I don't like what you're saying. I don't like what you're teaching. I don't. Then click off. Turn it off. You don't have to listen to this podcast. You can go somewhere else. It'll make no difference to me because I have to put the truth out there and tell what God says. Do you know the Bible says, the Lord says, choose life? Yes, he does. And you know how many people are going to argue with me up one side and down the other? And I'm going to keep saying the same thing to you. I'm going to keep telling you the same thing. God means for us to protect life. And when God says he hates the shedding of innocent blood, God means exactly what he says. Amen. Now, I am fully aware, I am absolutely fully aware that there are some women that a child's inception or being conceived into their womb can cause them to lose their life. But do you know that most women are aware of that problem before they even get pregnant? Oh yes, the majority of them are aware of that and yet many of them still become pregnant. Hmm? 
Do you know when you talk like this, you know what word is thrown out there? It's called misogynist. Oh, preacher, you're just a misogynist. You can call me whatever you want, but I'm still going to stand on the word of God. Because in the end, you're going to meet him. And you're going to have to give an account for the foolish lies that have been told that make people think, oh, we need to approve this. We need to approve this action of murdering children in the womb. We need to approve that because of this small, minute group over here that needs to be dealt with. No, you don't need to legalize something as called murder. Murder against innocent blood. Don't tell me you don't know that it's an innocent blood. What, does, what has that child done to you? Has that child done anything? To, oh, that child's in my womb. Do you know that if you tell uh, people, well, then why did you allow yourself to get pregnant? Do you know how many people would be angry over that? You know what they will say? Well, it's not just my responsibility. It's the man's responsibility too. You're both responsible for that child. Amen. So if you're going to get in the bed and you're going to go to it, you better do something. But you know when you, and I mean what I say. If you're going to get in the bed to do the hoochie toochie, then you better make sure there ain't no baby going to come out of it. Be responsible. You say, well, my man don't, he, he don't like it that way. You better figure out something because God does not want you to shed innocent blood. And you cannot use the excuse of your career or anything else. Amen. Y'all going to have to come to, to the party with some responsibility. That's what you got to do. But nowadays, nobody won't be responsible. Everybody won't put the problem off on everybody else. And then if the problem can't be put off on somebody else, you know somebody else adopting your child. You know what's said when that's said? Oh, do you know how many half a million children uh, are in the system? Who said those children were in the system, the half a million, because they needed to be aborted? Is that what you're going to say? Huh? And you know why I'm talking about this and I'm talking like this on this podcast that are geared towards Christians? Because this has taken over the church, this behavior. Oh, yes, sir. There are many churches out there that actually agree with abortion. I found them, and they're not a small group. So you want to know why I'm talking like this? I'm talking like this because God said, you've got to go tell them. I'm going to tell them, and I'm not the only one that's going to tell them. I'm not saying I'm the only preacher out here going to tell them. There's other ones out there, and I know you don't like listening to it. I know you don't want to hear it. But you know what God said? The Lord said in his word, whether they listen to it or whether they don't, that's not your problem. You just go do what I told you to do. And you know why? Because when you stand before God, God's going to say, I sent that preacher. Why didn't you listen? Why did you decide that you had a right to destroy innocent blood when I said not to? You're going to deal with God because God means what he says. You can't play around with God. Oh, oh! but Jesus, he's a different God than the Old Testament. No, he's the same God. 
Jesus said before Abraham was, I am. Who do you think he was talking about? He's talking about the fact that he's God Almighty. Amen. He's the same one. And when Jesus came out of the wilderness talking to the devil, you know what he did? The, I'm telling you, read the Bible. That's the problem. People don't want to read the Bible. Look at Matthew chapter 4. Jesus came out of that wilderness, and you know what he did? The moment he left that wilderness, he started preaching repentance, just like John the Baptist. You know what happened to John the Baptist? He got his head cut off. You know why? Because he was telling people they needed to repent of their sins and stop what they were doing. And people didn't like it, so they cut, they cut his head off. That's the truth. Because he was telling a certain couple in the Bible that had no business doing the humpy bumpy, and he said, uh, y'all committing adultery and an incestuous relationship. Well, they didn't like that. So he cut his head off. Oh, we're going we're gonna to chop your head off and we're going to put it on a platter. And that's exactly what they did. But you know what? Jesus came along preaching the same thing. Y'all going to hear the ice cream man going by. Hmm? But that reminds me of something. You know what the ice cream man reminds me of? The little bell that rings. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You know what people have done with Jesus? They made a candy man out of him. Oh, yeah. Oh, Jesus don't teach repentance. Oh, Jesus don't teach holiness. Oh, Je that's a lie. That is a bold-faced lie. And where that came from, I'm going to tell you where it came from. It came from preachers that lie to people and they keep listening to it over and over and over. And when the preacher comes along that tells them, this is what the truth says, they don't want to listen. They want to shut their ears. Oh, but God's got a word. He tells those preachers, he said, go preach it anyhow. He said, because one day they're going to meet me. And they're going to have to give an account. Because they would not open their ears. Now, so it says in Revelation chapter 21 and verse 8, the fearful, the unbelieving, the abominable, the murderers, the whoremongers, the sorcerers. You know what that word sorcerer means? Come on now, we're recapping. Let's recap. Hallelujah. Sorcerer. Do you know that if you look up the word sorcerer in the Hebrew scriptures and you look up this sorcerer, there's a difference. You see, in the Old Testament, they was those that used sorcery. They did all kinds of things. They was even a, a prophet of God. He rebelled against God and decided he's going to go to the witch of, witch of Endor. Hmm? Oh, yeah. He, he, wants, he wants her to rise up Samuel from the dead to tell him what to do. Oh, yeah. But see, this word sorcerer here in the book of Revelation, it's talking about the end days. Oh, it's sure enough fit. Yes, it does. Because do you know that word sorcerer? It has the word pharmacia. And that word pharmacia, it is from the Aramaic Greek word that we get our word pharmacy from. But I want people to understand something. We ain't talking about you not taking your medication from your doctor. But what's the difference between the word sorcery and sorcerer or any derivative of that word in the Old Testament is totally different in the New Testament. Because it has had drugs added into it. That's what it means. That's exactly what it means. And you can look it up and find out. It's not just witchcraft. It's not just demonic power being moved. No, it's moved by drugs. And why do you think in the day and age we live in, drugs permeates everything, everywhere, everywhere you go? Over the border, over the border, over the border. 
We've got so many problems with drugs. And people, they're trying to fight with it. And fight with it in a way that you can't fight with it. Because this is a spiritual battle. Folks, listen. This is a spiritual battle. And, and I'm not saying that we shouldn't have, uh, you know, Border Patrol checking for those things at the border and making sure those drugs don't come in. I ain't saying that at all. you got to do whatever you can. But the bottom line is, folks, this is a spiritual battle. And people don't want to hear that. And they get wrapped up in their way of thinking. God don't want us wrapped up in our way of thinking. He wants us to look at the Word of God and see what God's got to say about it. Amen. And so that word, it means that they're playing. Listen, hear me now. You know what else sorcery is? I'm going to tell you. And some of you in Houston, you better get a grip and repent. And I'm going to tell you why. Because the word sorcerer also includes... Yo, palm readers, you better stop doing that. You better quit that. You're going to have to stop having those palms read because you're messing around with sorcery. And God says they're going to have their part in the lake of fire. Whether it be the person that's administering sorcery to you or whether you are playing around with it yourself. Because God judged. Oh, yes, he did. Hallelujah. He judged Saul because he went to the sorcerer. And Saul was called of God. Saul was a man of God you can look and you can see his call and he was a humble person when he first came to God yes but you know what happened pride got a hold of him yes sir pride got a hold of his heart and eventually he decides because God said I'm not going to talk to you any longer that's what Samuel was instructed to tell Saul that the mouth of God says he's not he's turned from you that's how David rose to, to the throne. Because Saul would not listen to God. But if you look at the beginning of Saul's ministry, God called him and he was a humble man. But I'm going to tell you what, you let pride get old and you will be taken down because that spirit will come. That haughty spirit will come and cause you to fall. And that is exactly what happened to Saul. And he was destroyed. Both him and his son on the same day was destroyed just like the prophet said would happen. Amen. And it's no different today. You got to stop messing around with that palm reading stuff. Don't tell me about your tarot cards. Don't sit there and tell me, well, you know, I, 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 I heard her and she said this and she said that and it all came true. Don't you know that the devil has spirits and those spirits are not stupid and they can see things and do things and tell things? Oh, yes, they can. The witch of Endor, that spirit spoke through her. Don't sit there and, and, and act like that uh, this preacher is some kind of ding-dong that's fell off of some paddy wagon somewhere and broke his head somewhere. No, I'm telling you what the Word of God says. I'm not trying to give you anything but the truth. But you know how many preachers, they don't want to talk about these things. Oh no, we're going we're gonna to upset people. Well, that's what God wants. He wants you to get stirred up. He wants you to turn around and look at him and face him and his holiness. Amen. It's the truth. And so sorcery. You know what I, I, I told my family a long time ago because we used to go to the Chinese buffet. I love the Chinese buffet. And uh, there come a time that we just quit taking those fortune cookies. You say, that's silly. 
Oh, no. I mean business. When, when God said don't do something, I ain't going to play around with none of it. And, and I've told people, I said, look, if you want to eat the cookie, go eat the cookie. But you need to take that other thing and toss it out and leave it alone. You say, oh, that's silly. Oh, I'm just reading it for fun. That's how it starts. And you're a fool to listen to the devil that tells you, let's do it for fun. Because that's exactly how Satan presents sin. It's going to be funny. It's going to be laughable. It's going to be enjoyable. That's what the devil does. That's exactly what he does. He's not stupid. If you look back at mom and daddy in the garden, that's what I call them. Y'all know I do. Adam and Eve. Look back at them and see what he did. Look at what he did. Look how he tricked them. And that's what Satan will do. So you got to stop that palm reading. Don't, don't be calling those psychic hotlines. Well, she told me about some ring. My uh, uh, Oh, nobody else knew about My daddy gave it to me. Listen to me. Spirits can tell anything to anybody that's willing to be opened up to sorcery. Stop playing with these demons. These, these are demonic powers you're messing with. And you've got to stop that. And the Bible says they're going to go to the lake of fire. He said, the fearful, the unbelieving, what is the list? The, the abominable, the murderers, the whoremongers, the sorcerers. All right. The idolaters. And this is going to be a short one. Anything that you put before God that takes away time from God, that's an idol to you. Anything that stops you from your prayer life to God, that's an idol to you. Anything that stops you from studying the word of God, that's an idol to you. And you've allowed it to come to your life. And God is demanding that you repent because time is wrapping up. Well, yes, it is. You say, well, yeah, I, you know, there's, there's people that's preached that so long and it's still the same. Da, 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 da. Oh, keep on playing that one. I'm going to tell you what, there's things that's going on today that was not going on 3,000 years ago. There's things that have happened in the last 100 years that's never happened, that the Word of God literally explained and said was going to happen. And here we are. Huh? If you don't know about the peace treaty that was made when the President Trump was in power, if you don't know anything about that peace treaty and you don't look at the names of it and look it up in the Word of God, you're, you're a fool. You're fooling yourself. Now, is that exactly what they're talking about in the Word of God? Oh, no. No, there's, there's going to come a day. It's going to be uh, much more than what that is there. But it's the beginning. The Bible talks about this. The Bible talks about how the Satan will begin things. What do you think about COVID? Hmm? Do, you, do you think that when God said that he's going to send something that is literally going to destroy 25% of the earth. Are you hearing me? I'm talking about the population. Huh? Are you listening? 25% of the population is going to be wiped out. God said it. Now, the devil, you know what he does? He fools people. And, and, and when COVID came, everybody thought, because oh, it went all over the world. Let me say something to you. Guess what? 25% of the earth's population did not die. You know what Satan does? He does exactly what he's going to do when the Antichrist comes. You know what Antichrist means? A lot of people think it means the opposite. No, it don't. Look it up. No, it don't. It means the same as. 
to behave the same way. That's what it means. Because when the devil comes in that person and he's incarnate into that person, the devil in flesh, because he's going to copy what God did. The devil in flesh is going to come. And he, the Bible says, he's going to be able to perform miracles. He's going to be able to do all these things. Do you know that everything is beginning to slowly but surely be put into place? Do you know the things that we have in place that we didn't have in place even when I was a kid? I mean, look around you. Open up your blind eyes and look around. You've got to open up your eyes, folks. And you say, well, why are you talking to Christians like this? If this, is, this is a Christian podcast and we're the ones listening. <clears throat> I know <clears throat> that you are, but you're not the only ones listening. Because there are agnostic, there are atheists that listen to the same thing. Yes, sir. They do. And so if I can speak to one of them and even just one of them gets saved, then so be it. Hallelujah. If one person is saved, the Bible talks about the angels rejoicing. One person. Amen. And so, uh, the, the devil, he is going to mimic everything that Jesus did. He's going to be able to heal the sick. He's going to be able to raise the dead. And people are going to be fooled. They're going to be fooled. And they're going to think, some people who claim to know Jesus, but because you refuse to repent of your sins. Because Jesus said, one day, he said, there's going to be people that are going to say, Oh, Jesus, I did this. Jesus, I did that. Jesus, I, I, I gave a cup of water here to the, to, to the thirsty one. Uh, Jesus, I gave the food to the poor. Jesus, I gave the clothes to the poor. And you know what Jesus said he's going to tell them? This came out of the mouth of Jesus. So don't candy man my Jesus. Jesus said, I'm going to tell them, I do not know you. And you know why Jesus said he's going to tell them I don't know them? Because of their iniquity. Because they would not repent of their sins. That word iniquity means sins. They refuse to repent of their sin. And they keep walking in the same thing over and over and over and they refuse. They will not turn. And Jesus is saying here, the abominable, every one of us, uh, we've got to be mindful of what's going on here. And so idolater. If, if there is something that stops you from serving God, it's an idol to you. And I'm going to go so far as to say, if your TV, which I call a one-eyed demon, if that keeps you from the house of God, you better toss that thing out. Amen. If you can't, don't have no control over that thing, and, and you can't stop from watching a bunch of nonsense that you ought not to watch that you know doesn't please God. Huh? Amen. And you allow that to become, uh, you allow it to come between you and God. That's an idol. Because God wants us to worship him with all of our heart, mind, soul, body, and strength. Everything within us. You're not supposed to give God part of your heart. You know how many people out there that claim to be a Christian and they are giving God part of their heart and God said, I don't want that. God does not want part of your heart. He wants everything. Your mind, your soul, your heart, everything. I remember preaching that one time in the church and I had somebody come up to me after church and they said, oh, uh, you're, you're just uh, talking about mind control. I said, no, no, I'm not. I, I'm talking about the fact that God says he wants you to give all of your heart, mind, soul, body, and strength. 
Everything that you do should be to give glory and honor to God. If it does not, it's going to become an idol to you. Amen. Idolatry. All right. And then the next thing, all liars. All liars. Now, we talked about that in the uh, previous few weeks before we did this recap. And, and, and really, what a liar is, when you look this up, it is somebody that's gotten to the place to where this is just commonplace with them. And they've, become, they've allowed it to become so much of a commonplace to them, they don't even realize when they're lying. And they can tell a lie, and no conviction comes over them whatsoever. It just becomes a part of them. And, and, and then there's others, they will tell a lie, and they realize they tell a lie, but they feel no compunction. They feel no guilt. They feel no need to repent, no need to change. Because the Bible tells us repentance, that means you turn towards God. You change that way. You can't change it on your own. You don't have no power to do that. What person would have the power to change this body in the way that it is? It says we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And so we have got to have the power of God in our lives in order to give us the strength. Do you know the Bible says that even faith, it, you don't even get faith without God giving it to you. Everything comes about through God. And so for us to get so out of line with God that we're not willing to say, look, I'm not going to go over there because uh, that don't please God. I, I'm not going to take this Holy Ghost and go over there where I know I shouldn't be. Huh? But there's some people that don't care. They've not allowed themselves to get so lost in God and so given to the Holy Ghost and what God's Word says is I'm not going to live like that. I'm not going to walk that way. Then you're going to meet God. And guess what? He's going to say, why did you not do what I asked you to do? And give all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind to Him. Because the enemy knows that if you don't do that, you're going to hell with Him. He knows that. You're going straight to hell with Him. That's what's going to happen. Why? Because you wouldn't listen. You refuse to listen. And that needs to be preached to the churches that are playing with God. You got to stop playing with Him. You know how many preachers keep preaching? On, oh, they want to preach all these sweet little old messages. Huh? Yeah, they, that's all they want to preach. They don't preach on that. I literally heard come out of a preacher mouth that oh, I don't preach repentance. I mean, people already know they're wrong with the Lord. Do you know the Bible says the opposite of what a preacher's supposed to do? He said we are supposed to set a difference and we are supposed to preach repentance. So what are you going to do that with that when you meet God? Are you going to tell him, well, I did it my way? Huh? You're going to be like Sinatra? I did it my way. No, you're not. You ain't going to be singing in hell. Oh, no, you're not. You ain't going to be singing in hell. There ain't no party going on in hell. And you know the Bible says that hell and the grave, death, hell, and the grave going to be thrown in the lake of fire. You see, when people get to hell, however long you be in hell, because, see, Jesus is going to rule and reign over this earth for a thousand years. So everybody that falls into hell now, you, you know what? you got a while to wait because Jesus is going to be ruling and reigning on this earth for a thousand years. But God is not going to let just anybody be saved. Oh, the Lord will save anybody. That's true. But not just anybody that's going to be saved. God will allow anybody to be saved. But not just anybody going to be saved. 
Because the Bible says that you've got to repent. If you refuse to repent, there's nothing that God can do. Because God lays out in his word what must be done. That's what they said to him on the day of Pentecost. They said, what must we do? What must we do? And they said, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. To remove your sins. Amen. And then he said, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. You shall. It's, it's not a maybe. It's not a might. No, you shall. Amen. Glory to God. All right, as we round this up, it says all liars. It says, shall have their part in the lake of fire which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. You see, we're all going to die of the physical death. Every one of us. Because sin has stung us and that is what's going to happen. We're all going to die. But the bottom line is, there is a second death that comes to those that will not repent that fits this category. We don't want to fit in that category. Now, I'm not going to be too long on this, but as we go back to Proverbs chapter 6 and we wrap this up, uh, we were talking about Proverbs chapter 6 and uh, the first, the third thing that we have began to walk in and going to look at, and that is hands that shed innocent blood. I've already touched on it and talked about it a little bit, but I'm going to ask you, what other things could fit in the hands that shed innocent blood. Now, I did make mention that we've all been guilty of putting Jesus Christ on the cross. We're actually all guilty of shedding innocent blood. That's true. Because our sin has nailed Jesus Christ to the cross. Now, of course, he's rose from the dead, thank God. But we're all responsible for that. But this word that Jesus get, or God's word gives here uh, in the book of Proverbs that talks about uh, hands that shed innocent blood. These are those, now each and every one of us, we certainly are going to be responsible for placing Jesus upon the cross. But if we repent of our sins, God is going to forgive us of that. The blood of the Lord will wash us clean and we will not be responsible for the innocent blood that we uh, were part of, that we uh, caused ourselves by putting Jesus Christ on the, on the cross. But this is talking about uh, those who are innocent in this life and how uh, they walk and where they live uh, in this life. All right? And so hands that shed innocent blood. All right? We're all guilty of shedding the blood of Jesus Christ because each and every one of us, our sins placed him there. However, there is what God calls the innocent upon this earth. If you shed their blood, God hates that being done. Number one, a life of a child. We've already talked about that. Uh, in or out of the womb. Uh, the second thing is those who walk holy before the Lord. So we're going to talk about that next week. And then the next thing is those who are falsely accused. These are all innocent people. Somebody who's falsely accused, they're innocent of what they've been falsely accused of. And a lot of times when people are falsely accused, they literally uh, are destroyed. You know, there's some people that have been falsely accused of certain things and literally had the death penalty placed over them. I remember seeing a story of a man uh, that he was accused of murder that he did not do. And uh, so... You know, there's there's other uh, avenues that God wants us to look at, to go down to see those who are innocent, uh, those who...
who are innocent and yet there's hands that destroy them. And so the two that we're going to be looking at starting next week, uh, starting on Tuesday, is those who walk holy before the Lord. There are those who have been killed, destroyed, because they were innocent. They were people that loved God and, and served the Lord. I remember one time hearing a story that was just so, it just saddened my heart so much. And there was a pastor uh, that um, his wife was not feeling well and uh, she did not feel like going to church that night and they actually live right next door to the church and uh, so he was going to go on and, and preach you know go to the church and and uh, preach his message he got back home and in the course of the time that he was gone to church right next door his wife had been murdered and it, it just I, I don't know it just really broke my heart when I heard about that but these are innocent people living for God, serving the Lord. There's people in the scripture. Uh, the Bible even talks about how the prophets of the Lord were killed. These are innocent folks of those that have uh, walked and served the Lord. And so with all that said, I'd like to wrap this up. Uh, I know that we've been here for about an hour and a half. And uh, I, I knew that we were going to be here for a while trying to recap all these things. And so we won't be recapping next week, so uh, may the Lord help us to make it a little shorter. Um, but with that said, I hope uh, that y'all have a blessed weekend. We are going to um, uh, have our worship service tomorrow. I encourage folks to download that. Like I said, it's pre-recorded, The Eunuch Preacher. Uh, you can Google that, or I, I, think, I think that's how you do that. You uh, go in and uh, Google that, and you put in uh, The Eunuch Preacher. And the, the first letter of each of those words, the eunuch preacher, is all in caps. And uh, you can download that. And then you'll have, uh, it says by, probably says J.W. Brand on it. And, and there's an archive of all the different uh, messages and lessons and services. Um, and so we encourage you to... Uh, to join us with that as we download it and then you're able to watch it and and, and you know we try on the sabbath services we try to uh, preach uh, messages that will reach the lost and try to um, you know help people understand look time is short time is running out we ain't got time to play around with the lord we got to stop playing around with jesus and get right with him because there are too many things that are coming to bear in this life that we uh, see and I want to be talking about some of those things tomorrow uh, some of the things that we see that have come about in just just the last uh, I believe less than 10 years uh, that certainly we can see lining up in the word of God and so we've got to get out of this mindset oh well these are just preachers trying to scare everybody well we're trying to get you to understand that time is wrapping up the bible says that when uh, you know there's come a time when uh, god will send the last trump when you look that up it's literally talking about voices that are going out and 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 god is speaking and god is trying to reach god is trying to uh bring all of those in that will come in and walk walk with the lord with all of their heart and so we really really are encouraging people uh to uh, you know to find somewhere Find somewhere, even if you don't want to listen to this preacher, all right? Because I, I know I'm a preacher that some folks are just not going to want to listen to. I get that. 
But you're going to have to find somewhere to go. Somewhere that you get your self plugged in so that you have the body of Christ to strengthen you and encourage you in your time of difficulties because we all have them. But also as well, uh, it's a great thing to come together and to worship uh, with the people of God together because it's an encouragement to others when they see others that come together and worship the Lord. It's an encouragement to to them as well. And so I just encourage you to, uh, uh, you know, even if you don't want to go down the road of listening to this ministry, find something uh, that you can plug into that preaches the truth. Did you hear what I say? Is somewhere they're going to preach the truth to you. That's not going to lie to you. They're going to tell you the truth. Amen. Because God loves you and he wants us to be ready to meet him. And the Lord is on his way back. And so with all those things said, uh, I would just like to um, join you in prayer for a moment and pray uh, for God to help those uh, that maybe maybe you've heard this word. Maybe some of you maybe got mad and just already click, you know would have already clicked off once it's downloaded. I get that. Some people just don't want to hear it. But if you bared through this, through this whole lesson, and you're still there, I just want to encourage you. I want to I want to ask the Lord to strengthen you and to help you, because many of us, uh, you know, have fallen by the wayside. I fell by the wayside. I've talked about my my uh, own. Uh, failings and the things that I struggled with and the things that I dealt with. And we all have things that we deal with, that we all struggle with. And the Lord wants to help us. The Lord wants to strengthen us. But you know, the Lord does call us to pray for one another and to strengthen and encourage one another. So I want to do that with you uh, right now. Dear Lord, I thank you for any and all of those that have had a mind to listen to your word that have, uh, so to speak, stuck it out. And uh, God, I, I, I'm asking you, Lord, that any of those that they, they just they feel like they got to get back to the Lord, or maybe maybe they are serving the Lord and they just need some strength. Maybe they felt beat down. Maybe uh, they felt like you know that walking with you and serving you is uh, difficult. And certainly, Lord, there are times that walking with you can be difficult, and we need your strength. We need your help. And so I ask you, Lord, to strengthen those. Uh, those that need encouragement, those that need uh, God, that uh, just a, an infusion of faith down in their soul. God, bring to them a, a, a spirit of faith and strengthen them, God. Help them, Lord, to get through another day. Because, Lord, we know every day that you bring to us, the Bible says we wake up to new mercies every day. Lord, those that maybe feel like, uh, uh, you know, maybe they feel a conviction in their heart. Lord, allow them, God, to come to you. Allow them to come to you and, 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 and to seek after you, Lord. If they come to you with a humble heart, Lord, I pray that you would hear them and that you would reach to them and that you would share with them your love and your mercy and your kindness. And dear Lord, we thank you for all that you do. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. And so God bless you. May the Lord keep you. So glad that you could be with us. And um, until we meet again. I'm out.